When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you been saving the shirt? Um, I actually just got it a couple, couple days ago. Do they make that in my size? <laughs> what are you, triple X? Double X. Double, double. You, yeah, they probably got, we probably got a size for you, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew. Jerry, Eddie, and Bob wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. All right, welcome back. It is the Eskridge Lexus postgame show from Soonerscoop.com. And the Sooners, uh, they win it. They win it easily. They win it handily. 51-14 to over Kansas State. Uh, we welcome in the entire crew, uh, Josh, Eddie, Bob, they are all here. Josh is drinking his whiskey. Uh, Eddie and I are, we are partaking in our usual post-game fare. Uh, the uh, Coop Ale works. Eddie's going with the spare rib tonight instead of the F5. Change up. He said we'll you had up. that at the Thunder game the other day. No, I had it last night, just hanging out. Oh, okay. I had one in my, uh, in my apartment, so. I think you can get the spare rib at the Thunder games. Now, uh, I have the Oktoberfest to celebrate the, the end of October. Uh, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, Josh is drinking his whiskey club offering. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Josh. What did so? What did you think of Kyler Zinger? Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I guess because my my Eddie question respect is so high, I thought it was going. You guys warned me before it came. I thought it was going to be a little more ferocious than it was. Like that's okay. Like I mean, you know, it's. Kind of, I mean, you know, like chubby joke. That's that's a little bit of a low blow, but no, you know, it whatever. Was, it was funny, but I'm gonna forever have to list to to live with the fact that I didn't retort. No, I meant in a men's size, Kyler. I see before the pod, people. Eddie told us he had a retort he was ready for. I really thought you were gonna go somewhere with Triple X, Eddie. That that was where I thought you felt like you should have taken that. Tell him he can't borrow any magnums anytime soon. You know, like something, something like, that. like that. Like that's yeah. where I. I'm really glad. I don't want to misrepresent the owner of this site that you didn't go that way, but it doesn't. It doesn't shock me that that's what you would have thought. Yeah, I don't want to misrepresent myself. Yeah, no, that's not the. Yeah. F- I thought that's we were cutting the out the dick jokes. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's a fact. Touchdown, Texas. Uh, Bob is watching the game. Uh, <laughs> apparently. Oklahoma State uh, has over. been looking good, uh, very, which it just kind of shows you the Big Twelve. Look, I'm going to put it out there right now. Uh, congratulations to me 
for uh, spurring the Sooners on to victory today by all of my comments this week about how uh, this was a dangerous game, how uh, they, they didn't play physical against either Army or Texas that got pushed around. It clearly, my words clearly fell on, uh, didn't not fall on deaf ears in the OU locker room. It was just you, right? It was clearly me. Just okay, you. Now, okay. that, now that we have that out of the way, are you ready to issue a public apology to everybody? <laughs> Saying this was the most dangerous game left on the schedule. No, I, in all seriousness. You don't know when the upsets are going to happen. In all seriousness, Kansas State is a bad football team. Yeah, they're not Like, good. they are a really bad they're football team. They're not as bad team. as TCU. TCU might have the biggest inside locker room problems that... I mean, that, ever that is a direct result of the Turpin news and just not being ready to play, right? Uh, he's a big part. He's one of the biggest parts of their offense. And, and, you know, they got a new quarterback. Who knows if his hand was even working today? Yeah. Well, I didn't get to see any of that game. I wouldn't have watched it even if I could have. Now, yeah. did, did they lose on a butt fumble? or There was a butt fumble in the game. A, okay. I did see that on the Twitter. Can we talk about how locked in Bob was on this score, though? Bob had 48-17 in the pregame. Oh, yeah, I, I never I, – I didn't hear the end of it up in the press box. What did, I, what did I end up going with? 51 what? Uh, you had 52-24. I mean, we were all pretty close. We were all, like, within a total of about 11 points. Sort of thought this so. would be a laugher as long as they played well and got up early, and that's exactly what happened. Well, Look, you, know, you got that first that, three and out. Like, literally, the first three and out, I was like, this is over. Like, I, like I, it felt that way to me. Absolutely. It was, that was the most complete game that OU's played all year. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Here's yeah. Lincoln Riley talking about my motivation this week. I don't know if it motivated us, but we knew it was key. Um, that's our, our players heard, did hear that all week. And, you know, we've prided ourselves on being, you know, the most physical team on the field every time we step on and being the most physical team in this conference. And uh, so every week's a challenge that way. Kansas State certainly is one. We've had, you know, a lot of, you know, epic battles with them over the years and we'll probably will continue to do so. So, uh, you know, if you're going to beat them, you know, you can't let them just beat you down like they do a lot of opponents. And our guys responded. I was also in Kenneth Murray's head this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just something that's been preached to us all week. I mean, obviously, us as players, we heard the chirping. Um, we heard what, you know, what was put out there, you know, how they wanted to come in and control the ball like Army um, and try to play physical and stuff like that. So, I mean, for me and the rest of the guys, you know, especially the guys up front, um, you know, as soon as we heard that, you know, we were just, you know, extremely happy, excited on the inside because, you know, that's just, that's just the type of ball that we love to play. So, um, you know, that physical style of ball, you know, something that, you know, that was preached to us, you know, all week, and I feel like we did a great job with it today. I'll take all apologies now. I mean, <laughs> what? it's been a long Only time. Carrie can turn this into I, I, I was a positive in this I whole mean, situation. thank me. Thank <laughs> me now. <laughs> Stop really coming after it. me on Twitter and, and heap your praise upon me. There should be no praise given. <laughs> I expected a, hey, that was my bad, guys. I, I missed on that deal. Hell no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it was it was very good, though. I mean, they, I guys, I, I can't get over the fact that, and granted, I think this should be said before we say anything more it's about Kansas the defense. State. Kansas State's awful. TCU's awful. But they're tackling. Yeah. They're making plays. They're, they're around they're the make, ball. They're making tackles for loss. Seven. Tonight. And, and if, if anything you can take out of it, that defensive group is confident again. I think they actually are confident in themselves and what they're doing. 
But they're playing a lot of people. Like ro- ro- the rotation's working for sure. Robert Barnes is a different. I've never seen this Robert Barnes before. He, he made a couple plays filling the hole uh, coming down from safety. That yeah. was like okay, this is. That's, that's what a safety That's what does. it's supposed to look well, like. For, yeah. Forget Robert Barnes. When's the last time you saw an OU safety do that? True. True enough. So I said, I mean, we tried to go through the list of the last, who was the last really great safety at Oklahoma. You, I mean, I think maybe you have to go back, like, not great, but just really good. It's probably like Dante Nicholson. Yeah. God. And that was Finished 2003. 04. 04. Yeah, oh four. He was oh three, oh four, I think. Yeah, yeah Jayhawk conference kid, Fort Who, Scott Dante? or something like that. Nicholson? No, he was a California Cali, kid. That Cali kid. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, talk about Robert he Barnes. Played in the league for a while. Jalen Redmond setting the edge. I mean, Redmond was really. We good. just didn't I see. I think Redmond flashed some stuff today. Redmond made a couple plays today that, I mean, there there there's a lot of reasons to be. I don't know about, I guess optimistic would be the best way to put it. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this defense moving forward. And, you know, I they still have got a long way to go, obviously. But even getting some play out of Neville Gallimore, I think, yep. Josh, you mentioned him as a guy that uh, you thought had really kind of showed some flashes against TCU. And he he made a couple plays in the first half, or I, I think even the first quarter, that uh, it seemed like, okay, maybe this guy's getting it a little bit. You know, the guy that I thought, I mean, not quietly, it wasn't flashy in what he did, but I thought he had a good game was Amani Bledsoe. Like, I kept seeing yeah, him around did. the ball. He was, and they're doing a lot of stuff with him. He was running some pure four man DN. They, he came in. Somebody said they saw him at nose when Gallimore went out. Yes. I mean, like, there, there yes. was, yes, he was. I mean, they, he played three different positions on that defensive line tonight. And just having that kind of versatility with no more numbers than they have up front, that's huge. Here is uh, some of Lincoln Riley talking about some of the differences uh, that that he sees going on in the defense. Uh, team, the team's listening. You know, they're listening to what we're putting in front of them as a staff. Uh, they're responding, um, and you know, it's fun. To, it's fun when you get all three sides rolling like that. So, great team win. Um, we'll go from there. Lincoln, how much better do you feel like your defense was today versus where y'all were three weeks a month ago? Um, we're probably playing a little more consistent right now. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. You know, we've, uh, I think, you know, getting some of these young guys back healthy uh, has created competition. It's got more ability on the field. Um, some of those young guys are, are certainly playing better. Um, and they've just got a good demeanor mentality about them right now. So, you know, we're going to continue to get challenged in this league. You know, we, we know that. Uh, we're going to have a big challenge coming up here this week. Um, um, with the offense that we're getting ready to face. And so we just got to keep growing, you know, but we have taken, you know, in the last, I wouldn't compare it to any time before, but in the last, you know, from the bye week to TCU and from TCU to here, we have taken positive steps and we got to keep doing that. I was talking uh, to J.D. Runnels uh, doing our radio show before we taped the podcast, and he said something to me that makes a ton of sense, which – I, if I say this, I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to feel the same. When's the last time you remember an OU defense playing well on all three levels, meaning defensive line, linebackers, and secondary? When's the last time all three of those came together and you're just like, wow, they played really well, all three of them? There were no busts in the secondary and you know, with a good playing up front. It was, it was 
It was impressive. I, I mean, thought Parnell Motley's PI was bullshit at the end of the game. Well, of course you did. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was, <laughs> it, it was a bad it call. It totally was, yeah. It was a bad call. But yeah, you got Alex Barnes, the leading rusher in the entire conference, goes 13 for 28. His longest is five yards. I mean, Kerry, you did it. You inspired this group. Shit, yeah. No, I mean, I look. We're all gonna say it's TCU and Kansas State, but they're building blocks. But and it's, I, it's they, promising, and they finally are seeing. I don't. This is cliche and kind of bullshit on my part, but they're seeing progress, and I think that that when you have confidence, funny things can happen. And I, you know, who knows what will. Well, look at the group. offensive line. I mean, that look group, at it this way: that group. the offensive line is playing amazing. But over the, they were getting pushed around a little bit by Texas too. I mean, it's like Creed Humphrey comes in, solidifies that offensive line at center, and I know we all talked about this on the roundtable that's up. Uh, but you know, then all of a sudden, Ben Powers gets healthy. Cody Ford's been really good all year. Like, when's the last time you watched the offensive line and thought, "Well, Drew Smith is screwed up again"? They're getting it's to been a, point, a long time. They're getting to a point right now where, and Ben Powers talked about it after the game. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Cody Ford even talked about it. They legitimately are getting that feel of, you know, Baker in the last couple years as yeah. far as they could score every time they get the ball. Yeah. Literally have on a chance. Anybody. On, on anybody. On anybody. Yep. Literally have a chance to score at any moment. And Guys, you you saw, I mean, C.D. Lamb, he had four catches today, and two of them go for touchdowns. They, they've dropped 50 points two straight weeks. I didn't feel like either game they were just perfect. I'm not today... Today they were pretty sharp. When they score the first seven drives, nine, yeah, nine. first, like, nine. first nine. I'm probably wrong. Today was pretty, pretty damn impressive. Uh, TCU, there were gaps, like there were places they could have been better, and they didn't really have the most dangerous receiver in the country in either game. No, I know, right? That's I mean, they, they've made it That's work yeah, without Marquise Brown was a without Brown today. Yeah, yep. I think uh, and really yeah, it was against catch, TCU because he got hurt so early. Kyler Murray's last snap in the of the game was like with the eight minute mark of the third quarter. Yeah. Yep. Like they literally they could have scored seventy today easily. And I, and I said that, it yeah. early in the year when we were talking about we I think it was right after Florida State had gotten you know humiliated by uh, who was that in the Clemson. season opener oh. Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that offensive line looked terrible, man, go watch that second team when they had a lot of snaps today. There are some really good players in that group, like just waiting for a chance. Like that, that depth is there. Like if, it's not one of those deals where, oh, if they lose a guy, they're just screwed. They have some. Like Adrian Ely is going to be a really good player. It's just a matter of time. I I enjoyed Tyrese Robinson getting yanked out of the game for hitting the guy late. Yes, that was that a, was nice. Funny. That was interesting there early in the game when. I th- I, K-State tried to set a tone, I think. And yeah, Cody Ford got into it with the guy. On yeah, him. they hit Trey Sermon late on the ground. Which was, I was a little surprised that they didn't call anything on that. I mean, that was so far after the whistle. You, you know, guys, what that, the, the whole thing with both of those, uh, with Cody Ford and Tyrese, that had me thinking, you know what's amazing? Ben Powers is never in on that stuff. And he's so intense, and he's so—you he, can tell—he just runs hot. I think but he's never involved in that crap. I think, I think Ben Powers' like football IQ is about as high. Like, I'd love to ask Bill about that. As far as he seems like he's one of the smartest players they've had in a while. Look, you, you see what his dad tweeted about putting up seventy-five. I mean, yep. yeah, the, oh, the, that's an little, intense family there. Little did we know that his dad is 
awesome. <laughs> that first touchdown, when they hit Calcaterra and he just wide open, almost like a, a flip of the lamb play against TCU on the right. first drive. That's exactly what it felt like. Uh, watch Powers on that play. He is just toying with that defensive tackle. Like, it's it's not even a competition. Like, the kid's moving and shaking. I don't feel like Ben even moves his feet. Like, he's just, like, slapping the guy around. Like, it's – I don't know. Like, it was just something about the angle. I just happened to watch him real close, and it was just funny. I mean, that dude was locked in this week. He was ready to hurt some people. And it's funny. It, it's, we've been talking how OU's offense almost feels like it score every single possession – that's a play where Grant Calcaterra clearly said he knew he was scoring a touchdown on that play. Yeah, they, right. they've had a couple of those. Uh, ben Powers, he wouldn't exactly say which ones, but he said that there was a couple of play calls that they made that they just knew that they were about to score. Uh, I mean, and that's what we're talking You know, guys, we're talking about the, the defense. I mean, it's, it's obviously they're not operating at that level. But it's amazing what a little confidence can do for you. It just builds on itself. And, you know, okay, we can do this. We can make a play. We can get off the field here. Well, it's the same thing for the offense. It's just at an extremely, extremely different level. The offense is just like, we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. And the defense is starting to think, hey, we can actually get off the field here. We can make some plays. We can get the ball back to our offense. And it shows. They look confident. Look, offense, we can drool over them all day. Yeah. And they're worthy of it. I mean – I will say this, like, and that was part of one of you guys came with that question on the round table. I don't know if any guys had a chance to read that stuff, but the thing about like Kyler, like today, you know, the, the thing we played at the start of the show, coming in and being dressed out, and knowing Russ was on the sideline, Russell Westbrook, and it's just he is not as likable, or he's not as good a story as Baker was, right? And I almost hate that for him because. What he's doing, you could make an argument that he's having a better season than Baker has had in his three years that he was here. That's what I put in the in the roundtable, just as far as this is not normal. No. Like, to average 10, 11 yards of play is not normal. I mean, they're replacing the guy that's arguably the best player to play at Oklahoma, one of the best college football players of all time, and they just continue to set the bar higher each week. Yeah, I I said no emotional investment because he feels like a one year rental. He's a rented. He's a yeah. rented player. Yep. They feel like. Well, and you know the thing about that is, is Baker had two years to build. I mean, his first two years were great. His third year was so far beyond the other two. Like it's just, it's not even close. Kyler's operating at his third year level and had no prior two years to build to it. He's it's just his first doing full it. season. Yeah. And that, and that's my just, God, what if he had another year? Like, holy crap. Yeah. I, you know, and that's like, he's doing what he's doing through the air. And then you watch him on that third down where he fumbles the snap and just like, okay, I'm just going to go pick up this third and four on my own. Like, just so do calm. That? that was really impressive until so Kendall did it. Jeez. It looked a little different there. Kendall made a lot of plays with his legs. I'm just saying, he did the same thing. He dropped the snap, and then he ran for a first down. They, so oh, so yeah. you're saying if Kyler doesn't win the Heisman, it's Austin Kendall's fault? Yes. Because no one's going to remember that play like they should, because oh, you, Austin Kendall did it he too. He did against okay. Baylor, too. Oh, you literally had two <laughs> plays today that went for more yards than Kansas State had all day. Yeah. Like, 81 and 91 plays. yard drive in two plays today, too. It's just God. It was, 43 and a 46 it was a second clinic. drive. Well, I, I tweeted it at halftime. OU had nine receivers that had a reception. Kansas State had seven completed passes. 
That's incredible. That's that's just unbelievable. That's, I mean, it's an efficiency from both sides of the ball that's just absurd. Um, I but, know we're scoreboard watching here. Touchdown, Texas. It's yeah. 31-28 now. Right, guys, call it. Can I, well, I mean, we're probably going to finish this pod probably about the same time this game's going to finish. Does Oklahoma State hold on? No. I don't think so either. Uh, we, uh, we're we headed to uh, Lubbock next week. Woo! Uh, I thought that Iowa State would win today. They did. I didn't know that they'd have a a punt blocked for a touchdown to start the game. I didn't know they'd have a, well, they have a pick. Did Purdy throw a pick six today? Is that what happened? Couldn't tell you. I'm I trying to remember. Right. It was a weird game. He had there's a, a there's a fumble a fumble in the end zone. Yeah, there's a fumble in the end zone. That was what's his name though? That was Bowman that had the safety, right? Yeah, that was in, intentional grounding in the end zone. But Purdy had a fumble in the end zone. Oh, did he? Recovered by Texas Tech. Okay. Yeah, it was a big scrum. What was crazy is the Texas Tech guys are all holding their hands up for safety. I'm like, guys, you're rooting for the wrong thing here. Like you, you want to touch? You got guys at the bottom of the pile that might actually have the ball. But I mean, it's going to be interesting because this will be a ch- the really the chance for OU's defense to show how improved they are. I mean, you look at Vasher, you look at Wesley. Uh, they even have another guy that's a big, tall receiver at Tech. I mean, everything that they do is, you know, it's like we said. It's like, yes, I said K State was a bad matchup because they were a physical team. Well, they passed that test today. Can they pass the test of? Defending big receivers down the field. So don't it's gonna, know. It's it's gonna don't be know. A really. I don't know what do they call it. Uh, what do they call that when you find out something? Pregnancy test. <laughs> that is litmus when test? you when you find out something. It's one of the things. Yes. You talking about a litmus test? A litmus test. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way. That's a that's a good word. I like that. I uh, I like Eddie's better. You know, guys. Well, and the thing is, people need to get their head right. There's going to be moments against Tech that look ugly. Like, it's it's just, like, that's going to happen. It's going to be there. But I think there's reason to believe that maybe this is not going to be Mahomes-Mayfield 2. Like, th- this could be a reasonable football game where Oklahoma has better talent and separates itself. Tech is decent on defense this year. They are. They are. I don't know how much uh, is I don't know how good how good they are as much as they just get off the field on third down and you know we've talked about it before that's what you have to do oh you was Kansas State was four for twelve today on third down and Texas Tech is hitting people like they are physical they fly around I mean they, okay when's the last time you could say Tech had the best Mike linebacker in the league sure yeah Dakota Allen and I mean I like Kenneth Murray and there's some really other good, good ones but Dakota Allen's a ten year NFL guy he's a really good player. And the thing that I think is interesting about Tech's defense is I watched a lot of that game today. They get a lot of personal fouls and unsportsmanlike penalties. Like, they play nasty with an attitude, which I'm f- I'm fine with. It. Like, if OU's defense wants to start getting a bunch of penalties because they're being mean to people, I'm all for that. I'm all in. I am to a point. You have to be smart about it. I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said because you can't have it on third and 15 and then all of a sudden... Well, no. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. I, I completely agree. I, I tweeted that during the game. Maybe I, rough the passer every once in a getting while. Getting a couple penalties early is not a, just a terrible, terrible thing. Kind of sets an edge. Sets a tone. And for a team that's trying to shed a label of you know, being soft or what have you, it it's important, I think. You know what's amazing is some of Kansas State's best teams, they were always the most penalized team in the league. Like, you think for Bill Snyder and... 
how you know how much of a tactician or a taskmaster he is. Like he's always had problems with penalties. He, get those kids from junior yeah, college. Yeah, get into this. Eddie is uh, he's feeling justified in his not, not Bill justified. Snyder takes. Just, it, Bill Snyder is bringing that program down. He's holding it hostage. Oh, I don't think anybody's questioning that. It's time. It's time. He, he's just. I mean, he's gonna die on that <laughs> sideline. You think so? Yes. And like, I mean, but the thing is, like, if he keeps up like this, Kerry, he'll destroy everything he built. It was his to destroy. I mean, that, I, well, you he's know, doing I guess it. You can argue that. He's but like, doing it. Don't you want to leave? Like, like, okay, you can build from this. No, they're going to start all over again. I mean, you can look and you can say, well, look what Iowa State's doing. Are they That's really great. doing anything that that is that great? Like Kansas State, what are they going to do without Bill Snyder? They're just going to be a mid-range program that doesn't recruit well that is just disappointing. They're in a bad spot right now. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Will Kansas State ever win a Big 12 without Bill Snyder? No, probably not. But, I mean, are they really expected to? Or Are they still in that upper echelon of you expect them? Like, it was laughable that people had them there were two. as one of the top teams in the conference going in. Two first, people, two first place yeah, votes. Some people voted in first place. Those two are, first place votes. Those people are idiots. I'm sure they're from Kansas. <laughs> TCU had a couple first place votes. No, that's a well, dumpster fire in itself as well. Not a first place, but they had a second place vote from me. So yeah. Maybe Gary Patterson will put on a parachute and take the K-State job. I think so. he's a K-State alum, isn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Very interesting. I haven't thought about that. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can do what Bill Snyder did in the '90s and the early 2000s without, with, with as far as the Jayhawk Conference has fallen. Oh, as far as like JUCO the and going through there, yeah. yeah, it's just not there like it used to be. Maybe call Jason Brown down at uh, Independence. Get him to Manhattan. Oh, my. <laughs> you were talking about a disaster. Well, and you want to talk about a change of culture? Oh, <laughs> yeah. boy. Bill Snyder to that freaking dude. That'd, that'd be like going from living in uh, Galardia or Nichols Hills every, to moving to the Bronx and living in the projects. Every Taco Bell employee would be in danger. Every Burger King employee. Anybody with a drive through anybody that's open late at night, you would be in danger. Your Every lives Cadillac in dealership in Manhattan, though, would be in great shape. <laughs> too funny. Uh, okay, so getting ready to head to Lubbock. Good folks at uh, Eskridge Lexus, our official travel partner. Uh, Going to tell you about uh, the ride that we've been driving recently, but it is time right now for this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right, you want to get me triggered on this podcast? Yeah. Uh, yes. To be honest, I do. Yes. Just tell me, remind me who it was that OU named Trey the player of the game in the stadium. Trey Sermon. Oh, can we first say, like, that's insane that he played today. Yes. Like, that is insane. He had a high ankle sprain he didn't even practice and a sprained this week, did he? MCL. How much did he really practice? We asked Kennedy Brooks, and he was he was like, uh, yeah. yeah, he practiced. He practiced a He's little like, bit. He's like, he missed a few days, but he practiced. Whatever that means. Like, he has, he's an alien. 
They he are is not a human. I thought Patrick. Like, I, I still don't think that people realize what they're doing offensively. What like, do you mean? Just as far as like from a production standpoint, from a everything coming together standpoint, this offense is unreal right now. Yeah, it's because the offensive line's playing so. They're well. playing so well. But and it like, forgets, guys. This all this all this conversation forgets that Rodney Anderson has not been a part of this team. Well, and maybe it's not the best like running back in college football. It's not like it was a smooth transition losing Rodney Anderson either. I mean, let's no, it, it no. took yeah. a couple weeks to it get did. everything sorted out. But here's the thing: if they named him the player of the game, he'd been outrushed by by <laughs> two by uh, Pledger and Brooks, a, a true two two freshmen. Why can I not think of Brooks's first name? All Kennedy of a Kennedy Brooks. <laughs> I never would have got that. Um, he got outrushed by Kennedy Brooks, who had a spectacular run and evaded a defender you know, inside the five-yard line to score the touchdown. But the other thing was, how was if you're going to name an offensive player of the game, how is it not CeeDee Lamb? Two touchdowns, 160 yards. Uh, he, he did it. He had to step up because Marquise Brown was not a factor today. He's your player of the game for me. C.D. Lamb. He was really good. He's my Eskridge Alexis player of the game. Is that where, is that where we're going right now? Yeah, Players yes. of the game? Mm-hmm. Anybody else I'm, go? I'm going Kyler. The dude almost uh, had 400 yards of offense and four touchdowns. And well, four, He had 46 rushing, too. He so, almost outrushed Sherman as well. And, and what, what I'm talking is he's able to distribute the wealth. No Brown, it didn't matter. He found guys. You know, we talked about 12 different receivers. Not all that was Kyler. Obviously, Austin Kendall had three completions, two to three different guys. But he didn't just lock in on one dude. He went through his progressions time and time again. And then when he needed to make something happen, like dropping the snap or something, he was able to just pick it up and go. So I thought this was one of Murray's better games. Can I completely cop out and give it to the entire offensive line? No. No. I did. They deserve. They averaged 8.3. Recognition. <laughs> I'll be like Eddie and just kind of take something off the wall. I'm going to go defense and go with Curtis Bolton. I thought he had a great game. I saw him. I thought he was everywhere at certain points in that game. Now, do I think he was best player in the game? Probably not. But I think Murray and Lamb are really obvious choices. And nothing wrong with taking those. But I guess just to uh, to spice it up a little bit, we'll uh, we'll go a little different. This had to be a season high in tackles for loss. Wasn't it? I don't know. Those first Seven? those first two games, they racked them up. Yeah, I think that I want to say they had nine against UCLA. Yeah. Well, they had six sacks, I think. I mean, I mean they really dominated those first two games, and then they just fell, fell off a cliff. But, I mean, but this is not a team that you usually get a lot of tackles for loss against. I mean, they're a, a power-running team. Uh, they do a lot of RPO stuff. They don't really throw the ball. I mean, they're not designed to lose yardage. So to be able to get seven tackles for I mean to me that was probably the most impressive thing I saw today. And they get Did real Texas ones. Just give it up. Or well, is it fourth? It was four. Now? It was yeah. third and ten from the one. They get real like not like one yard. Get like four yards. Get five. Get real tackles for loss. Jalen Redmond had nine yards in losses and on two and a half tackles for loss. Bolton had eight yards on two and a half tackles for loss. Kenneth Mann, four yard, one one uh, on one tackle for loss. That's impressive. So, where do we want to go? Who is officially the Eskridge Lexus player of the game? I think it's got to be Murray or Lamb. 
uh, you know, we probably never give it to Murray just because we never because we don't appreciate. No, we appreciate it. It's just like my God. I mean, how, just, it, just like the round table every week. The round table question: Do we not appreciate what he's been able to do? It was a great question. I wonder who came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we'll give it to Kyler Murray. Will he be a Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week again this week too? Yes, absolutely. Will Greer had a pretty good day. Uh, oh yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I bet they go co. How about that? Yeah, I can see it. Big 12 loves to. That's godless. Well, I, I, I don't know why that triggers me. Like It's just like when there's like six guys on the all Big when 12 basketball three, team. Didn't they have three running backs on the preseason team? Because yeah, there was like, a tie? Stuff, knock that off. Pick somebody. Uh, reminder, Eskridge Lexus uh, is the official travel partner of... Uh, the post-game podcast as I dropped my copy. Hold on. Uh, us boys took a ride in a brand-new 2018 Lexus LS last week to go to TCU. Fantastic car. Uh, Bob always makes Eddie sit in the back seat. I prefer the back you seat. You do realize I will get car sick if I'm sitting in the back. It's a convenient excuse. All right. Um, I like the back seat. We did a lot of serious XM list. Okay, stop. <laughs> cut it, cut, cut. That is cut out of the pod. I will not be censored. I was already fat shamed. <laughs> I won't cut it out. I'll just give a big bleep, a long bleep. That's fine. I promised Ed that we were not going in the crass direction that last week's. I'll see him at game. the next Ed's meeting. You want to come up there and hang out with Ed? I'll see him at the Ed's meeting this week. The, oh, the Oklahoma Eds. City Eds Foundation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chamber of Eds. Chamber of Eds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want you to go see this Ed. Uh, they've got the, the the 2018 LS models. they got big rebates from Lexus and big discounts from Eskridge. So uh, these cars are just like the 2019s. Uh, I think the only difference is the 2019s like have Apple Play in them, which you don't really need. I mean, who wants to have their text messages read, read to the entire car when you're driving. I mean, that's a hassle. Uh, but the 2018s, they have all that stuff, the Bluetooth and uh, all that stuff. But also, you go in, you, uh, you, you talk to Ed, you tell him you're Sooner Scooper, uh, he will give you an even better deal. So we've had someone do that already, uh, and uh, we want you guys to do it. So Eskridge Lexus, 1998, brand new. Uh, brand new LSs, great discounts. Go check them out. Also got the brand new 2019 ESs. We've driven one of those as well. Those are awesome cars. So uh, EskridgeLexus.com or give Ed a call, 405-755-9000. So, Red Sox just took the lead for the baseball fans out there that will be listening. Man, I wish he was really outgained Texas in this thing. Uh, they had, I wish you had more yards at halftime than they did against Kansas State the entire game. Wow. And they're about to go in for... Can we take a moment and just say, these OSU uniforms... Oh, oh it's a foe by Chella Hubbard. Play-by-play. OS, play. OSU's <laughs> uniforms are awesome. Yeah, no. Those, I'm, those yeah. are so badass. I love the old OSU. Those are so Ed, badass. Eddie, can you even remember when these were their uniforms? Uh, n- I remember that the style helmet, yeah. uh, particularly like Alonzo Mays and those guys. Was that his name, Alonzo Mays? Yeah. The tight end? 
Yep. Like yeah, I remember that. Well, yeah. it was they had this style of uniform, but, but it, when they had the stupid OSU flame one on it. Oh, like okay. They so were that wearing, wasn't what they wore in 99, They were wearing in that style, but they changed the lettering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just had the new branded OSU logo. So it, it wasn't a smooth transition. What would you say? Like, this probably stopped in, what, 93, Carrie, something like that, in okay, that ballpark? Yeah, I, de- I definitely, that's, that's It was whenever that me. logo came out. I mean, okay. I don't know what year that was. And they changed to the Gotham font or whatever you want to call it. No, I like the old rope-style OSU. Looks good. The All Raphael right. Denson days. Probably too much OSU talk for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We talked good about your defense, people. You know, get off our backs for a second. By the way, they did announce a sellout today. Anybody find that curious? Always. No, because I, I think there's been... Lesser crowds before. It's one of those deals. Did that, somebody buy a whole bunch of tickets? At yeah, the end it happens. It? it happens every every year. That you know, at least a couple times a year, where it's like, oh, and then that's like eighty. All of a sudden, 000. it's a sellout. I really wanted to go down to the ticket office. I don't know why this is a big deal, but like, I w- I wish I would have gone down to the ticket office and asked if I if they had any tickets left, like right before kickoff. So I don't know. It was just. It was a weird game. I mean, it was boring. They played really well. I was bored. <laughs> no, it was. Sorry. I, I literally remember thinking. Sorry. There was like four and a half minutes left in the third quarter, and I looked up, and I turned to Dylan Buckingham, sitting next to him down on the sidelines, and said, there's literally a quarter oh, left. Yeah. Eddie, yeah. that's funny, because at five minutes, a certain media member left the press box thinking it was the fourth quarter, and there's still five minutes left in the third. Really? <laughs> I didn't realize that's what happened. Yes. Jesus. I mean, I would have left. I almost went outside and had a beer. I had a smoke outside and just came back at like 30 <laughs> minutes left. Or 30 minutes later. Probably uh, should have. Okay. Um, We've done the player of the game. We might as well uh, move on to the play of the game, which is kind of hard in a 51-14 to 14 win. But I'm assuming, I don't know, we could probably make this a little bit better by saying the defensive play of the game. Would we be down for that? Sure. Well, let's do that, shall we? (laughs) Ah, damn it. Sorry. The game is over. The stats are in. Now, it's time to grab a Coupe Aleworks beer and raise a glass to our play of the game. All right. um, You know, all that being said, defensively, you look at the stat sheet and something that we've talked a lot about. uh, There was a fumble recovery. (laughs) <laughs> on a kickoff return. That wasn't forced by anybody. <laughs> it wasn't it was forced by a Kansas State player. But still no interceptions. I know. And uh, there was one forced fumble but recovered by Kansas State. So the turnovers still and again, still not Kansas common. State not a team that, you know, usually plays in a fashion that lets you gamble or do a lot here or there, but that's still kind of one thing that's lacking. Yep. Of all the Pros and positives that we've sure brought yeah. up about the sure. defense. I, they're going to have to force turnovers, whether it be next week in Lubbock, especially in 
about a month up in Morgantown. They're going to have to force a couple turnovers because you can't rely on them, I don't think, getting off the field every time on third down. You have to shorten some possessions at some point and put the offense in a good position because if they do, they're going to score. They're going to take advantage of it. Because I'm just thinking play of the game. Easy. Defense. Easy. You want something that epitomizes the whole transition, the roughing, it's Buki. The hit? Yes. That knocked him out of the game? Well, we know he's okay. He was dancing and everything. He's fine. That is what you've wanted to see from Buki and the defense. Big, hard-hitting, physical hit. Yeah, he almost he almost put his life on the line. <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, oh, God, he's dead. But since he gets up, I thought that's clearly the de- that is what the defense is right now, and that's what you want it to be. The play that almost was your boy Rambo. Oh, guys, I've never been like so. <laughs> I've never been so not heartbroken, but like I called that. That was going to be perfect. It was going to be golden, and he couldn't have been more wide open. Oh no, the pass couldn't have been better. Basquin no. with a great throw. Oh my gosh! But, but he, nice he did to come see back. Basquin back today. Yeah, he did have a couple receptions. Shit, Reggie Turner had a couple uh, reception yeah. today, uh, and I, you know what? I liked what I saw from him in that one that one play. Uh, but yeah, that was Rambo did come back and have a uh, his first career reception that went what was it like sixteen seven, seventeen yards seven. something like that. Uh, but that was. That was perfect. It was a perfect play call. It was it was perfect everything. You know, Josh, I never saw replay of it. If Rambo catches it, do you think he gets caught from behind? I don't. You I don't, don't think he does. I, especially because, like you guys said, the throw from Baskin was good, so it's not yeah. like he was slowing up for it. He was, I mean, he really was, he might have gone a little offline to go get it, but other than that, he was still at pretty a pretty high rate of momentum. I don't think they catch him because it's not like K-State's got a whole bunch of <laughs> high-level athletes back there, at least compared to a guy like Rambo that has plenty oh, of speed. C.D. Lamb ran away from them. <laughs> yes. That, and I mean, that I'm not saying he's slow, like, oh, but wow. I mean... Is C.D. faster than he gets credit for? I wonder after today. Well, I think it's just I, one I mean, there was a one play where the guy had the angle on him, and he kind of stutter-stepped like he thought maybe he'd cut it back to the inside. But then he just kept going, and I, I don't know if that threw the DB off. I th- almost think it's like one of those deals that just Mar- ran right past him in Marquise the end Brown's so fast that everybody forgets that CD's pretty pretty damn fast. He's fast for what he is. There's no question. And uh, another guy that has had stock down on this a couple times, I, I think Grant Calcaterra is starting to come into his own just yeah. a little bit. Just a I little agree. bit. We, we've seen shades. I was a little surprised that he got caught from behind there. On the uh, the long throw on the west sided sidelines, but at the same time he's he's starting to come he's starting to come together. I think I am. Uh, his hair looks phenomenal tonight <laughs> during the post. And he said he's growing it back out. Yeah, I, I can confirm. He told me that he's growing it back out. It looks incredible. <laughs> I might just try and rub my hands through it one time this year. Uh, Guys, if I if I went <laughs> offense, I I think that Kennedy Brooks. Now that I can remember his name. His run definitely deserves a play of the game mention. Because yeah, because yeah, he was going to get caught, right? And did a little dipsy do, and got rid of that guy inside the five yard line. I mean, that was amazing. He's again, it's one of those deals. Like he's a tailback. I he's mean, a, like, he's that's a, the best way. He's a very he's good tailback, tailback. But he, 
just running and you know you brought it up to Lincoln earlier tonight and he brought it up on Monday it just looks so not slow but effortless Yeah, yeah that's the that's exactly the word Josh was he help me if I remember I mean he led the DFW in rushing as a senior at Mansfield but as far as his recruitment went was it a who's who list it was OU or Wisconsin. That's how yeah. I okay. I always saw it. Okay. I mean, and, and and he had like you know it was kind of it was exactly what you would expect like not what you'd expect but like OU Wisconsin Colorado I mean like good programs but not like the cream of the crop I mean and and I think it was a lot of what we talked about Kennedy Brooks is not a guy that you walk past you're like wow that that's a that's a crazy looking dude and then when he runs you're not like oh man he runs four three like there. It's kind of hard to quantify why he's so good, but like I said, I remember talking to you know Joey McGuire, who's now an assistant at Baylor, but was Cedar Hill's head coach for years, and yeah. obviously being at Cedar Hill, he'd seen a lot of great players, and I remember talking to him about um, about Kennedy, and he goes, Josh, he, he might be the best running back I've ever went against. Okay, and that, like, that's all you need wow. to tell me. Yeah, like, wow, okay. Like, I mean, it just... And it's really – I remember the first time I saw him, it was before OU was even involved. It was his junior year, and it was the first time Mansfield had beaten Cedar Hill in like 15 years or some crazy thing. And I think he dropped like 330 on Cedar Hill that night. And you're like, wow, okay. that And for Cedar Hill starting that night, Charleston Rambo, he had a big night. So, you know, just obviously there was a reason I was at that game. There were a lot of dudes who could play. All right, so uh, our coupe oh, works. Uh, I didn't play, get my play of the game. Uh, go ahead. Or play of the game. <laughs> Too bad, I, Josh. I'm going to pick a random one. I guess it just kind of sticks out to me, especially if we're going to go defense. The Justin Broyles pass breakup. Yes, that's in my five plays tomorrow. I thought that was a really nice play. He, he I, It really, to me, that was when you're like, okay, they're going to give the ball back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's offense is rolling. This is over. And... That's, I mean, like I said, it wasn't, there, there weren't a lot of standout defensive plays. It was just generally a good game, but I thought that was a big moment. And I think good for him to kind of, you know, start trying to build some positive momentum after that Texas game. Um, what was the first defensive play we went with? Uh, Bob, what is Oh, the bookie. bookie hit. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. So we'll make that our Coupel works uh, play of the game. Um, sure. It's the most positive thing he's done. It was a good play. I, hope, I think he's okay. Hopefully he's okay. I do he think through the, the last two weeks, and maybe it's a coincidence with Robert Barnes and the safety's playing well, Buki's starting to maybe, maybe, just maybe, make that make that turn. He's starting to make some more plays. He's starting to be around the Well, they the don't have him up more. on the line of scrimmage, so that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. Guys, what did you think of the fact that they start Mark Jackson, which makes sense, you know, with the way Kansas State's going to run the ball, and instead of Buki coming out, they take Khalil Houghton they out. They took Houghton out. Yep, they did. I thought that was real. Or Barnes. It wasn't Barnes or Buki. It was Houghton that was the the sacrifice. It was like they were. I mean, it was like they were showing a five two, but then they would play Mark Jackson, kind of straddle him between you know the receivers split out in the line. Yeah, and they just kind oh, of he was way wide on his first two yeah, snaps. Yes, him he was. Up and put him back, and I mean it. It, it worked really well, though. I mean, it strangely was enough, Jackson didn't have a tackle today. Yeah, I mean, Do you know Trey was... Brown didn't log a single stat today. Ooh, yeah, I could see yeah. that. Mom Neither Trey nor Mark today. ended up on the 
in the official stat book at all. <laughs> I'm sure I can. I'm I'm sure Pro Football Focus is probably up. We can see snap counts because that'll be interesting. Uh, but we're talking a lot about individuals, so let's just go uh, straight to our stock report. Whose stock is up and whose stock is down? It's time for the AMC Mortgage Stock Report. If you're on the move, check in with AMC Mortgage for all your home loan needs. All right, so it's time for the uh, AMC Mortgage. Uh, Kyle McCord uh, from AMC Mortgage Stock Report. Uh, I've told you guys about Kyle before. Uh, he, he is a, a personal friend of mine. Uh, he's done loans for a lot of my on-air colleagues, and uh, he is a lifelong fan, a season ticket holder, uh, an alumnus of OU. His grandfather played for Bud Wilkinson, uh, but uh, he is with AMC Mortgage, and if you guys are looking for a home mortgage or you have any home mortgage needs, make sure to get in touch with Kyle uh, with AMC Mortgage, NMLS number 1256166, an equal housing opportunity lender. You can get in touch with him at 405-623-3802. It's 405-623-3802. He's been originating loans with his team in Oklahoma together for over 16 years. And in addition to standard conventional uh, FHA, VA, and jumbo financing, he also specializes in first-time home buyers and loans requiring down payment assistance. Well, I think, Eddie, you brought up the name. I think the first stock up should go to you because we've given him stock down so many times. Oh, Grant Kakatera? Yeah. Let's go with him then. I, I thought that he's he's starting to play well. And, I, you know, it, it's one of those things that uh, he he hasn't necessarily been bad at any times, but I think that there was just higher expectations. People thought that he was going to be a guy that you, you drop could, here, fumble there, yeah, and get hurt. You, you thought he was going to be the guy that they need when they needed to go to somebody in the red zone. You thought that he was going to kind of be that guy, kind of fill that void that Mark Andrews had left. And I don't want to And then say, Lee Morris happened. And then Lee Morris happened. I mean, he's one of the biggest surprises on the entire football team. And you did see, though, Grant Kakatera make a. The, uh, the first touchdown today, uh, that was a play that Kyler Murray said that they ran last week to the opposite side. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's something to grow off of. He's going to be a – Grant Calcaterra is a good enough player that he's going to always be there. And I, I think that he will be a pivotal, a pivotal player moving forward for this offense because uh, you're just going to need him. I, it, he's a good safety blanket when CD's not there or Marquise Brown's not there or, uh, you know, Maybe you're starting to struggle in the run game or something. He can move the sticks. He can find open spots, and uh, it'll be interesting. So he he played really well today. You got anybody in mind for stock down? Stock down? It's, that's hard today. It's hard after a game that they played so so well. Uh, what about your boy? Oh no, we're not going stock down for Rambo. He had blue drop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Is it is it not is it not fair to go with? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, you can't you can't really take anybody off the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they didn't do enough on special teams to really say. I thought Cybert had a pretty good day. What was he three for three on field goals? Uh, all the all the kicks were touchbacks. I caught two of them. No big deal. I I, I saw one. Um, I'm trying to just kind of talk my Josh way through this. Josh mentioned a guy that didn't have a tackle today. That doesn't mean they didn't play well. Yeah. Doesn't mean Trey Brown didn't play well. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Trey Brown. 
I said Mark Jackson. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I just think some of the guys who maybe didn't put up numbers, it, it's not like it hurt that they didn't do well. So it doesn't, it didn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things. Like it didn't matter that Trey Sermon didn't have an awesome game at all. So what? I mean, if you want to go another stock up, it has to be TJ Pledger. I thought he ran the ball magnificently in the, in the fourth. You just, well, just stop stealing everybody's stuff. You only get one. You I'm get... just throwing them out there. I'm well, on the I'm, right now. I'm Maybe not, someone else was going to throw them out. I'm not. No, I'm fine. I'm getting Jalen Redmond out there now before he gets and taken. guess what? Charles Rambo, stock down. <laughs> Again, with Redmond. Screw you, Bob. Screw you, pal. <laughs> you know, the, the thing with, with Jalen, we talked to Robert Barnes about this post game is that it's been a feel-good story the last, like, three, four weeks seeing him out there and then getting cleared. But it's getting past that point because he's an actual difference maker. It's not just, wow, what a cool story that he was able to come back from all this. He's going to be someone who's going to be making plays in the next four or five weeks that are going to matter when it matters most. Since Bob stole mine, <laughs> like an asshole... I'm gonna go with Deshaun White. Got a lot of snaps yes. today. I thought he was pretty the good, good when he played. Yeah, he, he he had some good moments. I really, I thought he was good. Stock down, and it's really not fair because I, I I talked about it in the the unofficial forty. He might be going against the best offensive tackle in college football, in Dalton Risner. But Ronnie Perkins has gone two straight weeks in this four man front and really hasn't done a lot. And I don't like I don't don't get me wrong. Ronnie Perkins is going to be a very very good football player, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. Like I thought when they stuck him in that four man front, I thought maybe more than anybody, he was the guy that would have positive results from it, and it just hadn't happened so far. Uh, before I throw mine out there, by the way, uh, my stock up, Jalen Redmond. We haven't mentioned him. I you, mean, you just didn't listen to anything I said. No, I wow, Bob! <laughs> and I, I, I do a lot of things, Bob. Bob. I have <laughs> audio. I have pull up Pro Football Focus. Here we go. Here we go. He's got to set up OU's next challenge so they can win because of him. Oh, don't worry. I'll come up with a doozy for that. <laughs> I will guide them to victory once again. Uh, okay, so you put you said Jalen Redmond. How many other? Effing people, did you take? That's it. Well, I wasn't listening. That, that's it. Did okay. you do? Who'd you do stock down, Bob? Did you I, take one? I copped out and said it's not fair because no one who played who didn't like record stats affected the game. It didn't matter that Trey Trey Brown didn't have a bunch of pass breakups or anything of that nature. Bob's going into politics. Okay, so you're with Bob that Redmond stocks up. That's great. <laughs> no, uh, Delarian Turner, yell. I mean, he did some good things today. He got on the field a little bit. There's there's a lot of freshmen that played today. Josh Josh noticed it as I was walking back to the interview room. Bray Walker. Mm-hmm. First that is his first first action. Yep. Khalil Hunt played, played well. more he had a snaps on his than first anyone block. on defense today. How about that? That's a little surprising. They have a lot of trust in Houghton. He might not be the difference maker, game changer, but they trust him to be where he needs to be and get yeah. guys lined up. OU had seven guys ranked seventy or higher on this on PFF this week. That's a, that's 
I mean, that's a hell of a performance. By now, way, now two of them only got 14 snaps or less. One of them is Boogie. He just, you know, he went out. But one of them was Miguel Edwards, which is interesting enough. So, but Bledsoe rated high. Uh, Broyles, Gallimore, Redmond, and Bolton. One missed tackle today. How about that? Really? Yeah. Ooh. And it was Khalil hot. When you play a defense that was formed in the or an offense that was formed in the nineteen eighties, <laughs> bunch of two stars. Armies was formed before that, so uh, you can make the argument that maybe OU was just doing a solid for the servicemen. <laughs> I still think there's some not like to that to ball that game. extreme ball game, but like there was a like almost too much respect feel going into that game. Like, uh, there always is when you play a service they still academy. want to beat you yeah there always is when there's a service academy involved sure sure that's a tough line to walk i get it um jordan so did parker kind of did some good stuff today it was nice to see him back on the field he got the fumble too yeah yep isaiah thomas had a deflection and damn near had an interception I must have been coming down to the field. When yes, that, that was exactly. Yeah, was, I think it was like the very last possession. Exactly when we were coming. Should we mention that uh, on the goal line package, they brought in Brian Mead? I didn't even notice that. They did. Yeah. Yes, that's true. They brought in Mead. When? When, that, Ka- when Kansas State was at the goal line. Overruled, oh, 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 oh. When the video replay I I overruled you. the I call on the field. I got you. They came out with their goal line package, which was like Lot Overton... Gallimore, I mean, strange like they, group. It was cool. I mean, because I've always been critical of OU for not loading up in a goal line situation. And actually, it was it wasn't a goal line. It was like a fourth and one, like inside the five, when they did that. But they called a timeout. But I just thought it was interesting that Meade was a linebacker on the field since you know did we everybody get- is everybody's obsessed with. So, certain somebody did, not did, playing. Did we ever get clarification on what happened to Kenneth Murray? It was his back. Okay, it he looked, was down. Yeah. He was down, laying face down on the sideline, and I think it was Jim Hillis was like just massaging his back. Sensual. Man, I didn't see any oils, but no oil. Jim, was there like a candle down there? <laughs> it was wax. <laughs> Guys. Okay, we talked a little bit about Trey Sermon, you know, playing and how he's just superhuman. And that, like, to go from we thought he might be done for the year to starting this week is just crazy. What did Kennedy Brooks do? Like, wh- why? <laughs> what? What is the hesitation? He had, what, what was, let me, hang on, let me pull it up. I, I think they just like. He had five carries. Right, I think they just like Trey Sermon's ability to be a pass protection guy because he's, so dominant in that area. So they wanted to be out there early so Kyler can get into that rhythm and then they can put Kennedy in during like the second quarter and he can start putting up those numbers and then Sermon can take him home in the fourth. I guess. And I guess I will say the one thing that I did like was it looks like I think we can end the argument TJ Pledger's RB3. Yes. It wouldn't be a good OU football team unless we were bitching about but, running back carries. I mean, I so used to true. do the same thing. Oh, it tells you how good the offense DeMarco, is. That, that DeMarco still... Murray and Chris Brown was a constant bitch fest for me. Yep. Oh, I mean, it tells you how good they are. That, that That's probably oh the biggest God. complaint I could come up with. Breck and Hager Breck and trying Hager. to fight the entire team. And Herman runs out on the 
field. Well, that's his bitch boy. My God. Get over to the sidelines, you cocksucker. Oh, my God. Tom Herman. Wow. And Gundy is... Gundy did the same thing. They they both ran out on the field. He's trying to get his players away. And he wants to go after Herman, I think. Holy crap. What a shit show. Tom Herman. What a loser. As we're all watching this, uh, Josh... It's rare, but we actually have recruiting news coming off this game. The eyes were sent out this evening. Indeed they were. And it's another one of those things where it sounds like this is not going to be something immediate. So I don't think anybody's going to wake up and hear this podcast on Sunday morning and, you know, be like, oh, well, we, we know what's happened. I think it's going to take a few days. Um, sound like the guy is not ready to go public with it yet. But it... Um, I I'm, I want to be careful how much I say because I you know everybody knows we we try to be good about you know giving these kids their moment and they're just not ready he's not ready to announce it yet um, he was on campus this weekend obviously I think that's pretty obvious with Lincoln Riley when he tweets the eyes out that's kind of the way that goes um, but it was a weird like it this I won't lie it took me a minute to track it because yeah this was for not sure something we saw nope. coming this Mm-mm. was not one we were prepared for so. Um, it's, it's a good get for Oklahoma. I mean, you know, we'll talk about it more when it goes public. We'll have some stories Whenever that is. and that kind of thing. But what's that? Whenever that happens to be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I've gotten the impression it'll be this week. I don't think it's going to be like the last one where, you know, we're still waiting, what, a, almost a month later. Yep. Um, I don't think it's going to be a situation like that. But, uh, again, this is um, – it's it's recruiting. I mean, it's one of those things where it makes you wonder because other people are going to hear about this, other schools, you know, that are um, in this guy's region, and you wonder if they don't send out an offer and try to make it, you know, something, make, give the kid something to think about before he goes public with it because until he goes public, it doesn't mean much. So, we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens, but um, uh, I definitely think, like I said, it, it's a good get for Oklahoma, and it's a, I, I guess I will say, it's a good territory for Oklahoma to be making inroads in. Cryptic. I like it. Well done. All in all, a, uh, a very good day in Norman, Oklahoma. Right? Yeah. I think people... Didn't really yeah. get anybody hurt. I think put people... Put a bunch of points. Defense played well. I can understand if people want to start getting fired up and jacked up and start declaring that, especially after Texas, is it's now official. Texas has lost. Uh, Mike Gundy and Tom Herman had a long exchange that seemed to be amicable at midfield. I'm sure now Dax Hill will be going to OSU, according to OSU fans, now that they fixed everything. I got to think some OSU fans, though, are like, well, this means we got to have Taylor Cornish the rest of the year, no Spencer Sanders. That's, they're that's, they're stuck now. There's a legitimate yeah. possibility that Oklahoma State doesn't play another quarter. There will be no other quarterback that plays other than no, not now. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. I mean, I bet I bet Gundy won't even want to play him for the four game rule just because he doesn't want people to see. Like he doesn't want he want Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown to go out there and light it up. He'll well, look stupid. The only the, the best bit of news for this for Oklahoma, we can even bring it back to recruiting for OU a little bit. This gives Oklahoma that really good shot for that seven o'clock kick that they yeah, want. That's true. Yep. 
Um, and I, again, we talked about it in the scoop. I teased it in the scoop and had missed that that somebody had put it out. Evan Neal, five-star offensive lineman from IMG Academy, is expected to take an official visit to Oklahoma for that Oklahoma State game. Yeah, this- that's a it's huge news. I mean, he he's a big-time guy, obviously. OU signed two guys from IMG last year with Pledger and um, uh, and Buki, so there are. It could be a big deal for Oklahoma. He's also, you know, for those who would say, oh well, you know, oh you don't have a chance. He's very good friends with EJ and Doma Ogar, so there, there's kind of an inroad there. EJ will be taking his official visit that same weekend, so there's there's some positives that are going to come out of that. But I think that weekend has the look of being pretty much everything rolled into one as far as an in season. Official visit because I it, I mean Bob can say the same. I keep expecting there to, to hear official visitors, then another week will go by and there's just nobody. So I think they're just backloading it into this game, and this is obviously a huge break for Oklahoma because now all you know uh, Oklahoma is, State has left in front of them is Baylor. Is Baylor all right? So they should be six and three. Six and three. Yep. Yep. All right. Any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I, it's going to be a uh, interesting week just as far as this team going on the road and what will be a really hostile environment, obviously, coming back from a lost names. And I think it's a I think it's a very, very good test to see where this this defense is at as a whole. Uh, it, I don't think that Tech's world beaters by any means, but they're going to be they're asking to be put in the jackpot a little bit. And it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. It's a huge game for OU. It's going to be a little annoying for fans because it's going to be the Pat Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield storytelling hour throughout the week. Yeah, throughout the week, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I want everybody to be prepared because I'm going to ask this question in the unofficial 40. We need to come up with the guidelines. What is a good performance in this game? In Lubbock, against Texas Tech, the defense starting to kind of seem like they're finding themselves a little bit. What constitutes a good performance? Like, it doesn't have to be exact, but, like, we need to come up with some parameters for – like, this is what should be expected. It's hard to say because, like, you could say, well, the TCU game's a baseline, but they didn't play Bowman in that game. He, he yep. had the collapsed lung. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, if you hold Tech under, 30? what, 30 okay. in Lubbock? 30, that's, yeah. That's a mm-hmm. really good performance. You've if done you, well. The best you could ever hope to do, I think, is probably, like, to hold him to 17. And that's probably because you ran ball control a lot of the, during the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you're right. There, there's a qualifier in that how much does the offense help them. They get I mean, 17. How much do they, do? they get turnovers, too. I mean, that's something. It just feels like they don't get any turn uh, turnovers so the team can max out against them. It's a big well, week. Too, OU's now, I mean, like, we made up all the excuses for OU last, uh, you know, or not excuses, but we talked about it with Army and Baylor when they ran those two crazy, wild, you know, statistical games as far as so many snaps played, 55 last week against TCU, 57 this week. That defense should be as fresh as they possibly can be. Here's what's interesting this week coming up. Uh, college football playoff rankings coming out. And how are they going to value OU's defense now that Mike Stoops is gone? Are they going to sit and, and give OU, like grade them on a curve saying, well, it looks like they fixed their defensive issues. I mean, they'll be what six or seven, right? Yeah. I mean, kind of depending pretty. on what happens. Georgia wasn't that impressive offensively today. Thirty-six yeah, seventeen looks good. Yeah, thirty-six seventeen yeah. against a top ten team. You might not think Florida's a top ten 
team. I don't. How are they going to treat Ohio State? I think it's a big question. I, I think there's about five teams, maybe six, worthy of being called a top ten team, and then there's just a bunch of guys that they happen to be there that particular week. TCU losing to KU this weekend doesn't help, really. Oof. But, I mean, that also hurts Ohio State. I mean, because yeah. Ohio State had a lot more trouble with TCU than OU That's did. That's true, yeah. But let's face it, OU's not battling t- Ohio State for one of those four spots. They're battling They're, Notre Dame and Michigan. Yep. And Texas, well, for now. I Texas mean, is out of Ohio the way. Ohio State I goes on a run and then beats Michigan at the end of the year. They're right there in the conversation again. I mean, Texas is out of the way. I'm sure there will still be like some AP voters that'll put because Texas lost by three. That'll now put them in front of OU because they beat OU head to head. And Maryland losses. doesn't matter for some reason. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I was be... talking to a, you know, and I, I mentioned I think on the podcast uh, maybe the forty guys. If you were picking it, I, I would say Texas beats OU maybe three out of ten. Maybe. Right. Yeah. And I think they, they played a perfect game. And, you, I mean, credit to them. They were the better team that day. But they're not the better team. Like, I don't know how anybody realistically looks at it and sees it that way. The only thing that about that game that is puzzling to me is, like, how OU had to come back like they did. Like, Texas, if, I mean, you can say that Texas has done the best job against their offense all year, even though they ended up scoring 45 they sure. still had tw- what, 24 going in the fourth quarter? 24 going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. A couple turnovers from Kyler. Nobody yep. else can say that. Yep. It was the only time I thought all season. May- no, that's not fair. Iowa State at times. Oh, you looked out of sorts. Um, but that was pre-Kennedy Brooks. They were using Marcellus sure. Sutton as their main backup. I mean, And the offensive line was not doing what no. it's doing right now. It was starting um, in that game. But I, again, man, if that offense keeps playing like it has... And that defense can be close to what we've seen the last two weeks. I, there's nobody in the Big 12 beating that team. Yeah, I agree. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and shut her down. Uh, that way I can get this thing up uh, tonight or early this morning. Uh, but appreciate you guys uh, joining us. Appreciate you, Josh, as always. Sooners win it 51-14. to uh, Two-game win streak after the Texas loss. The defense has looked good. The offense continues to roll and, and get better and better, which was unthinkable. It's happening. But now the big challenge starts. Going next week to Lubbock, taking on Texas Tech, who just lost to Iowa State today. Uh, but Alan Bowman is back as quarterback. It will definitely be their biggest challenge since Ruffin McNeil took over as defensive coordinator. For Josh McQuistian, for Eddie Radosevich, for Bob Prisbillo, I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you right back here next week after the Lubbock game, after the Texas Tech game, on the Eskridge-Lexus postgame podcast.